0: ballerina costume does. Welcome to the Kentucky Ghost Hunter Show. This is Dean the Kentucky Ghost Hunter. It's Wednesday night again. Time for another fantastic show with my co-host, Kevin Quattman. Say hi, Kevin. Hey, everyone. We have a very, very special guest tonight, Timothy Earle. I've really been looking forward to this interview with Timothy. Um, As many of you know who have been listening to our show over the last couple years, I do like to talk about demonology and demons and all that good stuff. And we have a a person that's probably – Got as much knowledge of demons as can be had in the paranormal world. Uh, as many know, a couple years ago we had Bishop Long on. He told us a lot about him. But uh, Timothy Earl's with us today, and he is a demonologist for the Advent International Order of Exorcists. He's also a uh, TV personality and a paranormal enthusiast. So, hello, Timothy. Welcome to the show. Hey, hello. How are you? I'm wonderful. You know, I'm dying to ask this because I've kind of looked up stuff about Advent International Order of Exorcists, and uh, I've I've seen some stuff about it. But I'd like to you have a chance to explain exactly what the organization is and what it's all about.
1: Well, first, I want to explain that we are Old Roman Catholics. So there's a distinction between Roman Catholics and Old Roman Catholics. Old Roman Catholicism actually started back in the late 1800s. Uh, I'll, I'll Make it short long story long story short, the Roman Catholics decided to identify the Pope as the incarnate of God, and the old Roman Catholics kind of thought that was a little sketchy, you know <laughs> there's some other things going on there, and went off and started independent Catholicism and in the past twenty, maybe thirty years, and especially in the past decade and a half uh independent catholicism has really taken hold and uh we have you know roman priests roman catholic priests and roman catholic bishops um diverting into the uh old roman catholic church as well so i report to an old roman catholic bishop um archbishop james cloud Now, maybe some of your uh, listeners actually might have caught him on uh, Ghost Adventures. He's been on one episode, at least. I think he might have been on two. Um, He's our chief exorcist, and he's just a big teddy bear of guy. Brilliant, brilliant man. Um, And we operate this order as an opportunity for not only people to reach out to people like us, but also to network with each other. Uh, I run... uh, uh, really strong with the exorcist priest out of Denver, um, uh, by the name of it, father Weedner, And he's with the order. Uh, we, a lot of us had actually previously been with, uh, the second order of St. Michael, but we decided to, um, kind of spin her off and start our own order. Um, with the SOSM, uh, there's, uh, Bishop Olette who's actually been on a couple of episodes of, uh, Ghost Adventures as well, but uh, um, we're we're kind of out on our own now, doing our thing, and uh, hopefully helping people out.
0: Well, excellent. Now, how you were? When did this group uh, start?
1: We well, it's kind of hard to say because we started um, with the second order. I'm sorry, I'm can I get it out? SOSM Second Order of St. Michael about ten years ago. Uh, and then follow, Bishop Cloud sort of following him about three years ago. So we're all with SOSM. It's kind of the same group. We, again, splintered off and started the
0: advent. Okay, now I had a and we've had people on here before in the past, and I want to get your opinion on this real quick because uh, it seems to me that the events of people needing help from you and your organization and other organizations like you has been increasing lately. Uh, I know – I think it was four years ago we had – it might have been three, but I believe it was four years ago we had uh, – and do, you, you've you heard of Bishop Long, of course, because he's been on uh, Ghost Adventures yeah, himself. Yeah, we're buddies. Yeah, yeah. And he was telling us some stories about some events that happened with him uh, <laughs> that we really, you know, I'm not going to get into at this point because this is about you. But I've noticed that there's an increase in the need for what your group does. Have you seen that in the last three or four years, as well as what I've heard from people that have been on the show?
1: In reality, it's been, and it's been exponentially increasing, I'd say, since 1999. A lot of, it first started because, you know, that – I'm going to say was the golden birth of paranormal um, act investigations, paranormal enthusiasm. Uh, it, internet was born, everybody sharing ideas, everybody realized, hey, I'm not the only one interested in this, so people started experimenting. So in the uh, late 90s, early 2000s, uh, you really saw it starting to grow. And then with the, you know, uh, bringing in of the new alternative spiritualities, and, and I, believe me, I don't want to tear anybody down. That's not my intention by any means. But a lot of people are experimenting and they're putting themselves out there. And as that becomes more prevalent, as well as people just simply not having any spiritual beliefs, period, uh, we're at the highest point. I think I read an article where 54% of americans now believe that they're agnostic if not atheists <laughs> so if you don't have any type of spiritual belief system well some something out there actually believes in you and it's going to take root so yes the answer is yes we have seen a tr- pretty dramatic increase in the need for true demonic uh, intervention well, let me and, ask you go
2: ahead yeah let me ask a question tim I was listening to um, one of Bishop Long's people last night actually on a, on a show and he made a comment and I'm just curious your opinion on this, that he believes that the more spiritual you are like believing in God, like I'm a Catholic, I believe in God, you know, that the more apt you are to be possessed or to be um, affected by a demon more so than somebody who doesn't believe in God. Now I have what my experience in the field of paranormal is, Demonic is very rare, and I think it's more popular because it's on TV all the time, so I talk about it. It's hyped up, but I think it's it's the more people we help out out there. Ninety-five percent of them don't believe in God. Very few times my like one to people's houses who actually have a strong belief in, in Jesus and God.
1: Yeah. yeah, or they say they're Christians, and you ask them about that, they they can't define it. So I disagree with Bishop Longs. I'm not sure what his. Ex- experiences are uh, I but I do think that uh, in fact look in the book of Matthew you're specifically told that once you' rid the demon you have to clean your house which is a metaphor or the demon's going to come back with friends the cleaning of the house is making sure that you're you're right with the Lord so you you're you're filling yourself spiritually because if you don't fill yourself with that then you're gonna, something's going to fill that void um, that's, that's just debate, demonology 101. Now, that doesn't mean that Christians or really religious people, spiritual people, whoever, doesn't get possessed. They do. Good people get possessed all the time. But I do agree with you. 99.9% of the paranormal cases out there are not demonic, you know, and I'm not keeping real metrics. I'm just throwing that out there. Right. Right. But, but no, I mean, people come across you know, a scary ghost or an angry ghost or whatever, and, you know, it's, it's a demon. I just went to a home this evening, and they were convinced that it was demonic. Well, no, it's a human spirit. It's very clear it's a human spirit. And uh, this I started the, the blessings to see if I can accelerate the behaviors, to see what the reactions are, to truly see what it is. So...
2: Yeah, I, I just think the TV has gotten so populated, and everybody, I mean, we, we were, they were talking to us about doing a show, um, it's on the Travel Channel, I'm not going to mention the name, but they approached us about doing a show, and it's not the one you're thinking of, Dean, and they were asking me for demonic stories, and I flat out said, you know, and, and everyone, and everyone they show in their episodes are pretty much demonic, and I'm like, that, that, that's, that's crap, I mean, it's, it's just, it's so rare We've come across one in five years. I mean, that we can truly say is, 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 but that's it. But it is so uncommon and so
1: rare. And when you come across one, you know it. I mean, you don't think, you don't, you don't know that it's an angry ghost. I mean, I mean, people come across angry ghosts, think that those are demons. But when you come across a true demon, there's no mistake what you're interacting with. And then, and then the level, the particular type of demon. Um, for instance, there's uh, um, there are different types of demons, and one of them being, you know, a true fallen. When you come in, across a true fallen angel, there is outstandingly no mistaking what you are in the presence of. And for somebody to be trivializing um, a ghost throwing PK activity as a demon. You know, and again, I don't want to tear people down, but they really right. don't have a tr- true understanding of what's, what the other side is capable of producing.
2: Right. Now I got to tell you something else. I was, It just shocked me a little bit. I grew up Catholic, Roman Catholic, and wholeheartedly believe in God. And when I grew up, you know, the priests don't want to talk about ghosts, and it's pretty much heaven, hell, purgatory. And lately, I've actually met a few, one's actually an exorcism priest for the Archdiocese of Northern Kentucky. And the other one is a uh, priest at another Northern Kentucky church. And I've had good conversations with them, and they both believe in human spirits. They both believe in, you know, there is more out there than just demon. and Which really kind of shocked me, because in the priesthood, when I grew up, it was always forbidden, you know. It was always, it was heaven, hell, and purgatory. There was no other thing, options, you <laughs> know. Well, so I think, I think the church
1: nicely?
2: is changing. Yeah, doesn't but I think the church is fit
1: changing nicely with it. Yeah, I'm, yeah, but I did, I'm
2: sorry. But they, go ahead. No, yeah, I agree. But I think when I grew up, they didn't want to believe in uh, human spirits or ghosts, things like that. They assumed it was, you know, purgatory. To me, was a place you go, and you're it's a holding zone,
1: <laughs> kind of right. area. There, sorry, I, I I'm old too. I have a lot of gray on me. So uh, I can actually remember church still um, behaving Vatican I. They haven't accepted Vatican II yet. So uh, the, uh, the fire and brimstone sermons, however, if you see a ghost, you're, you're out. absolutely min- mentally insane. So I would agree. There's been a change in the past 25 years maybe of a little more acceptance of, of the clergy that there are actual human spirits that are allowed to interact with
0: us. Why, why yeah. do you feel that is? got to ask that question here real quick. Why do you feel that is with the Church now from 25 years ago? Is it just because it's more popular now, or, I mean, what's your opinion on it?
1: New blood, younger blood, being able to, I mean, let, let's face it, some of the priests are, were hippies in the 70s, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, well, they they uh, were exposed to more worldly views. I think it's more along the lines of you know socialization that they're just simply exposed to more ideas. Uh, the world as a whole is becoming more liberal, and I think that uh, uh, those viewpoints are what's permeating through the church now. I mean, we we see it. The church is infighting. The Roman Catholic Church is infighting pretty substantially right now, um, with these different viewpoints coming in. But then again, you have the old staunch, you know, Father Amor. He certainly wasn't liberal. Well, I mean, look at him. He, he was adamant that demons are here. But he me Father Amor? Saw... Yeah, yeah. Father
2: Amor?
1: Yeah. Okay. Right. I'm sorry. That's all right. No, my, no. I was just my sure. accent. But uh, he. Uh, <laughs> You're good. He did not. Um, believe that human spirits were allowed by Christ to come speak with us. So I don't know. I was just going to say that was a deep question, That one of those deep questions you promised. <laughs>
2: but, you know, Father Morte was interesting because he actually, you know, a lot of people don't believe in mediums and psychics and things like that. And Father Morte actually used them because he actually said it actually helped. Um. It actually helped him when he was working on cases, and he actually believed a lot of mental illness was derivatory of some kind of uh, demonic thing back in the day. And yeah, that if you get to did. the root of the problem, you could fix the, the mental
1: issue. Well, all throughout the Old Testament, they're using psychics. They call them seers. Right. right. They, they go visit them. But uh, yeah, they, uh, psychics and seers have been used throughout the ages of millennia.
2: So what's your what's your take on those, on on a seer? I
1: um, I I agree that people do have the well, some call it most call it a gift, some call it a curse. Uh, My own daughter is uh, very gifted, and she's actually pretty good. Uh, Unfortunately, it's a torment for her, so we had to work on, you know, shutting it off for her but I do think that everybody has a certain level of ability and most of them over tout their ability um, moreover because the other side is specifically um, consistently tricking and lying and presenting themselves however they want to present themselves and if you don't have a baseline of being able to command uh, the truth and discernment then you're not going to get it You know. I, I I love that show. What is it? Uh, are we allowed to say names of TV shows? Sure. Yeah, sure. The Dead Files. Is yeah. You know, Amy Allen? Oh, I love I love to watch the show. I think that she's probably one of the best psychics I've ever seen out there. I mean, I don't think anybody could pretty much argue that. However, how many? Think about this. How many of those spirits that she's encountering are presenting themselves as something known? And that was there but they actually weren't you know they're saying that they're this mother but they're actually not the mother they're some other un- inhuman entity for instance i mean ha- so i wait <laughs> by what i perceive as the possible abilities, eighty percent seventy percent fifty percent usually the ones they interact you know <laughs> and everybody is it's so fun and i think you guys can agree when you come into two new clients, you walk into a home. Somebody in there is going to immediately say, "Well, I'm sensitive. I have it all my life, right?" Everybody right. you run into has uh, some sort of level of sensitivity, and when it comes time to talk about the paranormal, they level it up. They they seem to, you know, wear it as a kind of a badge of of, of pride. And I know that's that's a horrible thing to say, but it happens a lot. So, yeah, I, I give everybody a weighted uh, percentage of of whether I'm going to believe them or not, and I just well, one do thing that I, quietly.
2: Well, one thing I do when I go to a house is I try to find out how much paranormal TV or shows they watch, and you know, and I'm guilty too. I watch them too, as I try to you know pick up things and you know, and I know TV's not all real. I know there's a lot of ad lib and some evidence is faked, but I just know uh, I watch them, but I find these people. I know, but I find these people who watch these shows, and they assume as soon as they get scratched, oh, it's demonic, or as soon as it's this. And they just believe it's because they saw it on TV it's real. And I'm like, well, that's just because you got scratched. We have a theory. If you reach out your arm right now, Tim, and you want to scratch somebody or reach out to them, your three middle fingers actually would actually scratch them, not all five. So I don't really believe a scratch is the is the true trinity. I think a scratch is just something trying to reach out and get your attention.
1: Yeah, I don't – I I, I think you're a pretty brilliant man.
0: <laughs> I don't know if yeah, anybody's ever told us that before, Kevin. <laughs> that's recorded. It's an IHour radio, right? <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> radio. It's got to be true, man, right? You're brilliant. Yeah, it's got to be real. <laughs> it's got to be real. Timothy, let me go back to something here that you said, because I kind of listen in and, and uh, I, I, I pick up on what you said. But when you were talking about um, the, the other show there um, – one of the things that you picked up on that I've watched on a lot of the shows is when she goes into a haunted location, it's just 99% of the time it's just not a spiritual thing. There's a lot of little creatures running around, and, and she explains all this. Do, do you, in a true haunting, is that common, or is that just something you think it goes with the show?
1: I think that there are more inhuman entities out there than we understand. Um, I don't have per I, You know, I, I'm about as psychic as a rock. Um, <laughs> I'm sometimes accused of being an anti-ghost. But um, I know that I can only speak for one of the ones I trust the most, of course, is my daughter. So she has seen little creatures and odd creatures in and out of the years and has described them to me. And typically when she's, I used to take her with, of course, um, but... When she saw them, it would be a case where somebody has opened a door to the other side. It wasn't a case of just a haunting of a previous resident or, or a loved one coming back to visit or, you know, something of that nature. It, it was always in relationship to a door being deliberately opened to the other side to, allow, to deliberately allow something to come in.
2: Like an interdimensional being?
1: There
2: you go. There you go. Yeah. So, that, so that brings up a question I want to ask. It's a deep question, so you don't have to answer it. But do you believe that okay, God created everything, the heavens, the earth? I mean, He's He's all time creator. Absolutely. Okay. So, do you also believe then these beings from other dimensions, whether it be the elemental or whatever it might be, that that is also a God creation?
1: Yep. Yeah, I, no, I, Now, no. there's a caveat there, but, but go on.
2: No, I was just curious. I, I believe that God created everything. I mean, I think God created other dimensions. I think he just didn't create, you know, us only. and That was it. I think there's other dimensions that he's also been created. But like you said, when a portal's open or a vortex, if somebody's done something they shouldn't have done, like a lot of these public locations have, it draws them in, and then they're... I don't necessarily think they're
1: all evil. I
2: think sometimes they're just... They're just
1: confused. Don't know why they're there. Okay, I, I you said something. I want to come back to, but but let me yeah. let me. The, you said a couple of things. First off, yeah. um, the the different dimensions. So when when we die, uh, okay, what do we? We know that we have energy inside of E K G proves this, right? So when we die, where does that energy go? Einstein's first love, uh rule of relativity is you cannot create or destroy energy; you can only change it right so now the only thing we're missing is um free will or intelligence associated with that energy so we know the energies leaving the body where does that energy go hopefully it goes to heaven um if it you know this energy is cognitive thought if it goes to heaven and here's one of the things and I wish I had read it before going to walking into this conversation there's a couple of patron saints um that are nuns that actually were psychic and w- we taken to hell and taken to purgatory. One of them in particular specifically said, uh, relayed that in purgatory you are to, you're vibra- vibrating at a certain frequency and the more prayers you receive and the more prayers you say and the more, of course, prayer and meditation, um you raise your frequency to the point where you're going to be able to pass into heaven. So my thought, convention, and I'm convinced that Christ was born, died, and was such the perfect frequency to be able to punch the hole through this dimension, which heaven is in this other dimension. So if you take, think of all of us having a, having a frequency, which we know we do, the auras are evidence of that. And there are studies now that are coming out showing as you meditate, you actually ra- raise your frequency. So, I personally think that um, you nailed it with the different dimensions. That that's where these entities are negative entities are coming in from the left, whereas positive energies will be coming in from the right. Does does that wild ass theory make sense?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, I like the theory too. But then let's go back to spirits. The ones that do not pass on, why are they still here? I mean, if they, if energy it, our bodies are energy, and once we die, our energy goes out, and it passes into another dimension, or it goes to purgatory, or something. What keeps the spirits here that we call ghosts? <laughs> they are not; they're um, they're vibrating at such frequencies,
1: uh, kind of like ha- a drone hovering at a certain certain height. That you, you zip it up it's going to go up. You t- shut it down, it's going to drop. Uh, that's that's the way I am, can imagine it. And again, this is a theory. I mean, how could you really can't prove this in a sense but I like with, your
0: theory though, so that's why I'm asking it It makes sense
1: so one of the reasons why I have this a uh, theory it, and again, it's a working one of the I, I I'm chasing after a particular demon um it harmed my wife. It's one of the reasons I got into this to begin with. Um, and most refer to the demon as hat man, but there is um, a true, uh, most re- the shadow persons presenting themselves as Hatman aren't necessarily what I'm uh, looking after. There's one that will look like that on occasion, but it's a true demon. I was on a case in Katoosa, Oklahoma, and this particular demon actually tr- introduced itself to us. And what it did was um, it, it the EVP was a soft-spoken woman speaking in Latin. Name, it named, named itself and then in turn um, identified itself as a frequency. And it was a two-tone frequency. And the tie-in was just spectacular because coming into this case, one of the first things that the client said that when she's in the presence of this demon, it sounds like a bass drum at a concert, just vibrating her through through her bones, just, just through the soul, you know. Um, if you've ever been to a Ted Nugent concert, you know what I'm talking about. Um, the, and for this thing to present itself like that, in such a low tone, if I played it over speakers and, you know, it's a low bass vibrating, we are convinced that that was actually true, what true Enochian would be, because... You know, de- demons are, fallen demons, anyway, are angels, and they would still speak Enochian. So Enochian, uh, and being the angels speak, and what it is, is actually frequency. So uh, we have some people um, working on some hopeful technology that will allow us to better, uh, you know, we walk into param- paranormal investigations with our, EMF detectors, um, you, Those uh, they're really not de- EMF detectors, they're electromagnetic radiation detectors. You're detecting radiation, you don't know what frequency it's at. It's a, an extremely wide bandwidth. So we're trying to introduce that uh, device, devices to be able to identify the specific frequencies as these things interact with us to see if we can better pinpoint I mean, just data points at the end of the day. We're just looking for data points. Boy, that was a mouthful. I don't know how I got off going all that direction. You said last week you had trouble getting people to talk, so I I, I guess I took it to heart.
0: Well, it's going to bring up another question for me. Because we mentioned portals before. Now, do you do you think there are portal portals or are these things that are coming oh, from this God. other dimension? Are they just able to do the frequency to get through? I mean, are, are we actually able to open the portal, or are we just uh, summoning people from the other dimension to have the ability to come across? Yes,
1: all of the above. I mean, i i I'm, <laughs> I'm, I think that we try to put so put things in this a box way too much. I um. Why why can't it be all all of the above? So we do know that people deliberately open portals for selfish reasons,
0: right? Um, now now I got to ask so, Timmy. Let me ask you something because we're in portals. We've got people out there doing crazy things and in investigations that they're learning it through TV. And my my philosophy on TV is that it was both good and bad because it brought more uh, awareness to the paranormal world, but it also brought more harm because you got a lot of people out there that are doing things by reality TV standards without learning the process of the proper way to, to react with paranormal. But somebody like that, how in the world could they open a portal?
1: Well, they pull up something that they read on on online and they start following the instructions. I mean, how many people look at Zach Bagans and think that the best thing that, that you could ever do is go in and start yelling at a ghost? A lot um, of them so- do
0: that. A lot of them.
1: And unfortunately, at the end of the day, they just don't um, have the ability or understanding to shut it down when it starts getting out of control. You know, I think that that's probably the biggest danger. You know, you can protect yourself, but if you don't know how to shut it down either, you, you, you release something.
2: You also have, you know, witchcraft and Wicca. That can bring, they can open up all kind of doors with spells and, all kind of things. We had a witch actually, we were trying to help and we had to, we really couldn't help her because I eventually told her, I said, she said, well, I know how to open these portals and I'm like, do you know how to close them? And she said, no, I don't know how to do that. And I said, then why are you opening them? If you can't close them, you shouldn't be opening them. So, you know, we were able to close what she had there, but that was, you know, but we, I can't help her any more than that. I know she's going to keep opening them back up because she's going to keep playing with Wicca.
1: So, yeah, that's the problem. Uh, There comes a
2: point you can't help somebody. You know, you want to help them, but there's only so much you can do for somebody.
1: They have to be able to help themselves. Sometimes their behavior has to change. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. And you don't want to walk uh, away
0: from them, but they consume you. Yeah, they do do that. Now, let me go back to the portal, like Kevin was saying, when you walk into a place and, and you recognize there is a portal there, how do you close it?
1: Everything's in the commandment of Christ. We have, there, there are prayers out there. I mean, most a lot of them are actually available online, but um, there are, so the first thing we do when you walk into a property is um, command the Holy Ghost uh, in the name of Christ to descend upon the house. You're, you're laying the law, you're identifying yourself as an authority to whatever's there then if you're going to go into um, doing battle with them, you um, bind them. So what is as bound in heaven is bound in earth? So you, you bind them. The same principle goes for for portals. You know, what is bound as heaven, bound on earth, you bind the portal. And once you bind the portal, I, identify yourself as an authority. Then you commit, simply command the closed. Now we um, uh, f- I, I don't know we, but I call him St. Michael as well to post a, an angel there to make sure that it is closed and to actually take care of anything that may come through. You know, I, I feel it does good. Um, I found a recipe that works well for me, and uh, it's it's worked well for others um, that I've been trying to help.
0: Well, I'm going to... That- Go ahead. Let me ask one more question here, Kevin, real quick before we get off. Now, I'm going to ask you a hard question, and if you don't want to answer it, you don't have to. (laughs) But we have had different people on our show over the years that have um, made comments that they can adapt how they deal with the spirit by the religious belief of the person that is in the – Situation at the time. In other words, if they are Wiccans, they can use a Wiccan belief to to disband spirits or demons. If they are um, atheists, they can use different means and uh, to do the same thing. Now, is your philosophy? I mean, you're basically Catholic, and I understand that as far as the process, do you use? But when you go into a situation where somebody doesn't believe in in Christianity or something like that, uh, do you keep with the same principles? I guess is what I'm asking you, or or is it possible to use other principles to do the same thing? No, I don't change. Absolutely not. I, and
1: I, and I, I'm really disappointed to hear what hear what you're saying because at the end of the day, demons don't want to be found, right? Right. Correct. They don't want to know, want everybody to know the, about their existence and what they're truly up to. So they'll if. They have an opportunity to get somebody to stray away from Christ by going quiet because that they've heard some um, prayer that's uh, un, anti-Christ. I'll just say, um, then they'll do it.
2: Well, now the dean stole my question. <laughs> sorry about that, Kevin. <laughs> Um uh, Tim, well, here, here's the thing too: is these people we've had on, and I respect them, and I you know give them respect, but I'm like you are. I believe in God, and God created everything. God can take take anything you know it's it, it, we're all children of god and we've had people who sat there and said well if i talk to somebody who's jewish or hindu or buddhist well their belief is this so i'll try to change my way to be like them so i can i'll use their language to try to help them and i'm like well, how can you do that you know if, if you, you shouldn't have to and then they're also saying to me like well, if you're atheist and they don't believe in God, well, God can't help them anyway. I'm like, what do you mean? God put them here. God can still help them. But these people yeah. believe, people out here, we believe, a lot of them believe that if you don't believe in God, then your Catholic religion, your Protestant religion, whatever, your, your belief in God is not going to be able to help these poor people. And that's what they truly
0: believe. Am I right, Dean? No, you're correct. They, they, and and like Kevin said, we respect every one of them. Everybody has their own beliefs. This is the United States. You're able to believe what you want. Yeah. But they have come out and said that the only thing that gets rid of these individual demons or whatever it is is just basically faith. They can do it themselves based on whatever religion or whatever belief they have. So I kind of wanted you to comment on that about the in a more elaborate form, if you can, if it's not putting you on the spot too much, Taylor. Right?
1: No, I, you know. Uh, I, I understand what you're saying, and I come across it a lot. Uh, the truth of the matter is, even if you're not helping an uh, individual at the moment by delivering them from whatever is afflicting them, um, whether it be demonic or not, but if you go in with your belief system, stay true to it, and you're able to bring them relief, they may not, you know, run out to a church the next day. They They may not, you know convert uh, their children or baptize their children, you know, a week from then, but maybe one year, two years, three years down the road, that memory will come back, and it'll be an opportunity for them to reflect on, you know, what you shared with them. So, staying true to it, even if they're a non-Christian, uh, they're Buddhist or whatever, um, share what you have, that's what you're going in with, that's your armor, and, say, and don't change. Because you never know what that hand of God is trying to move. As far as those who want to um, change to the people's belief systems, well, then they have no belief system themselves. They're absolutely not commanding anything on the other side to do whatever. They're they're fooling themselves. If you don't have a root, baseline belief, then you have no authority. Now, I, of course, believe in Christ, and I believe that is the authority. Now, it doesn't mean you can't interact with others of different belief systems. You spoke perfectly that, you know, everybody has a belief system. You respect them. You don't tear them down for for it. But, you know, Native Americans, they're a very spiritual person. And if only on three occasions did I ever think that, I needed to reach out to a shaman to get their opinion because of something that was being presented to me um, at a site that was out on land. And um, they might have some insight as to what their experiences were. I take their information and I put it into my blender with my belief system and end up with my outcome. But um, to receive their uh um, ideas, absolutely I'll listen to that. But on the other hand, <laughs> um, it this goes back to a, I'm always in trouble, guys. I don't know if you knew that or not, but I'm always in trouble. <laughs> well, I'm always oh, wait, bishops, priests, arguing with them. Yeah, I'm, I argued, <laughs> I argued with Bishop Long and Chip Daly. But anyway, the uh, there is a um, voodoo priest, um, a, a true voodoo um priest that friended me on, or connected with me on LinkedIn, you know, and I, I, I love everybody. I'll connect with everybody. Well, our, our Archbishop File saw that and started quizzing me kind of like what you guys just did. What the hell am I gonna do? Heck, he doesn't curse I do. Um what the heck are you gonna do with the, um uh, a relationship of that nature? Well, I think that you can always learn something from somebody because they have their experiences, whether you believe, whether it fits your belief system or not, their experiences are theirs, and their definition was based on what they
0: experienced. So, again, that's gonna, sorry. yeah, that's going to bring up something else. I'm going to kind of mention. It's another hard question because in Christianity, in Catholic, Baptist, whatever it is, we all believe in Jesus, and we all believe, you know, that once we die, we're going to either go to heaven or hell so forth and so on, but they actually, every religion has a different belief on how that occurs. So I guess, being that you're based mainly in in Catholic uh, beliefs as far as when you deal with entities that we're discussing, is there a difference in how they're dealt with if they're not from the Catholic religion to you, or does all of the Christianity in a nutshell work the same way? And that was a hard question, I know
1: it actually was uh you know i've always approached it with my, with um, christianity i with all things being made of god and all things allowed by christ i have to stay true to that i have to say everything is going to fit within that now i do believe that there are entities that were made or being made and created that are not in the Bible defined by Christianity. Maybe that's what you're looking for. So, the kind of like those little beings you spoke about. Well, you know, they're not true demons, so what are they? They're not in the Bible, so they shouldn't exist, right? Well, they do. So, where do they come from? Well, I believe it's of God and within the commandment of Christ, but yet they're there. Um, there mm-hmm. may be, you know, the, I believe that the Wendigo is, is probably a true creature that Native Americans experienced Well they didn't know about Christ. I do believe that God reached out to them through, through a way that they could understand, but at the mo- they came up with the Wendigo, and and again, I have no reason not to not to doubt them, but that's not a Christian I, deity or a Christian um, spirit or demon, so. Does that answer your question, or did I go off on a deep end?
0: No, well, you didn't go off on a deep end, and you kind of did answer it. I I guess in a nutshell, and I'm not – when I say this, please, listeners, I'm not saying this to pinpoint anybody. But Let's just say there's a difference in a Baptist and there's a difference in a Catholic. If you go into a situation and you have a Baptist minister and a Catholic minister uh, going into two separate situations, do you believe – and this is just your belief, I want everybody to understand it, it's not anything else, but do you believe that the Baptist would fail doing what you're doing, or if he's not Catholic?
1: So let's just go with Protestant, how's that?
0: No, let's do that.
1: So, baptism is 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 Protestant as well. So, Protestants typically don't believe in ghosts. They're, they're very rigid in that, um, if you see, because the Bible specifically tells us that you're not going to be interacting with he, spirits, not, and therefore, if you see one, you need to to apply discernment to identify what it is. So, uh, there's a lot of reasons, um, biblically to not believe in ghosts, and that's the way the Protestants, um, mainline, mainstream are. So the question is, would they do better? Um, I'd say for the most part, most of the Protestants out there would not, because if they came across with something, uh, they would not try to discern what it is. They would immediately go into rejecting it, um, believing that it was a demon, and we already had that conversation, right? So there are some really good exorcists out there that are Protestants, though, Um, I, I interact with one on social media often and I, everything the guy says, I think is spot on. We have one here locally, um, in the middle of the U S that, uh, is well known. Uh, I don't know if he's really good or not. Uh, there was a case where he was starting to interact with a young woman and three days later, she goes off and beheads somebody. So he became really, um, (laughs) kind of a household name real quick. But I don't think that that was his fault. I think that ultimately, the baseline of our beliefs are what's gonna define us, and I just, I just don't think that a Baptist or a Protestant is accepting enough to be able to actually go into de- demonology. Deliverance ministry is another story. That's something different, but demonology is, is a whole different ballywag.
2: So let me ask you a question then, Tim. I grew up Catholic. And, um, I actually, I'm more Protestant now. I actually go to a Protestant church and actually, I won't mention names, but, um, we actually have a Protestant pastor who actually has studied demonology and actually is very knowledgeable and very helpful. But, um, when I grew up Catholic, it was always, they don't believe in ghosts. I was always a weird child. You know, I believe in the stuff. People who didn't grow up with, they believed in, they believed in angels and demons and that was it. There wasn't such thing as a ghost in the Catholics. Is that not true? I mean, that's how I grew up in the Catholicism. That's what they always taught us.
1: Every every yeah. parish is going to be different. I mean, you're talking about the priest being the personality of the parish. I and I'm so there's uh the Oklahoma. I'm sorry, the the diocese of Tulsa. Um, the a couple of years ago changed bishops. You know, when a bishop gets to a certain age, he'd be they retire him to become an archbishop, and a younger fresh blood comes in as as a bishop to take the diocese. So the previous bishop had three exorcist priests. That, very good. They wanted to start an order and he had blessed them and they were in process of working to get it together. Uh, they were in process of defining it Well, the um, archdiocese decided to retire this bishop um, and the new bishop came in and doesn't believe in demons. He's honestly, if you listen to all his sermons, I think I'm convinced that he thinks the Bible was a metaphor. Just the whole thing's a metaphor for living, and he quells the ideas of uh, having an order of exorcists under you know associated with his diocese. He stopped allowing them to provide exorcisms. Uh, I used to have a relationship with one of the exorcists. Um, I was he was they were told not to have a relationship with me anymore. Uh, I've never been so busy down in that area now with this new bishop. So I, you were just in there, and it, it has to do with the clergy that you're interacting with. My experience yeah, we, growing up growing up, you know, we did believe.
2: And the reason I say that is we'll post things on Facebook, and probably 98% or 95% of them in Cincinnati, people are Catholic. And most of them won't like our stuff, but then they'll see me in person, I'm like, oh my gosh, I like seeing your posts. And they'll start asking me questions. But it's like they're afraid to—they're afraid to like it because they're afraid to, somebody's gonna say, "What are you liking that for?"
1: It's but, like a secret, that,
2: a secret passion.
1: Don't you find that with the, the just most mainstream? Especially at a party, you go in, and everybody's teasing you about your hobby or whatever you're doing, and but yet the the biggest bully catches you outside
0: alone and says, "Hey, I got to talk to you." <laughs> <laughs> That's true, isn't it? <laughs> so, yep. Timothy, look, we, we've got ten minutes left—about thirteen minutes left. Tell me how you became—you, how in the world did you get into this?
1: Well, I earlier mentioned that my wife was being afflicted by a demonic entity. That, um, and we, we were trying to have a large family, and had um, unfortunately about fourteen miscarriages before um, the doctors decided that she just can't have children. Oh. So. I did not recognize it at the time. What was going on? She described it to me, but uh, you know, I I just thought maybe it was the hormones. I don't know what I thought. So then we started uh, fostering children to fill that void, and you know, one of the easy ways to entertain foster kids is take them out to a local haunted locations, and I'm doing air quotes, right? Um, and with flashlights and recorders and blinky things and ooh and ah, while well, we started getting, getting responses and sort of having the experiences so I started looking, reading into it and this, this was this was the mid-90s, right before, you know, it, it was cool when we were all geeks um, but somebody mentioned it to the, my local parish priest and he wrapped his arm around my shoulder and says, hey, come with me so it's been kind of downhill from there that's how I
0: originally got into it. What what kind of training did they did they put you through? Because I've, I've talked to, know I'm going to put quotes around this, demonologists from every area you could think of, and they have all, some of them, you know, correspondence courses, and they're demonologists, blah, blah, blah. But I know that you've been through more of an extensive training. Am I correct?
1: Well, I don't know about it. Honestly, I'm going to say no. So I went through a two-week training out in Connecticut, Um demonology course uh you know exorcism course whatever you want to call it uh but moreover it's mentorship so i have um bishops and uh, a couple of bishops and a couple of priests that have mentored me moreover they gave me access to uh reading materials that most people wouldn't have access to um i think the biggest uh biggest train. um Influence I've had is is the mentorship. Once a year, um, we kind of come together as a group, and whoever can make it, and we practice. Uh, yeah, it's a hoot. We sp- we spend a week at a supposed haunted hotel, book the entire hotel, and we and we literally practice our wares and and share new technology, share new techniques, um, share new interpretation of uh, some of those. Some of the reading material that I mentioned, um, we'll kind of present to each other, and uh, those are those are really big opportunities for us to learn as well. But a lot of it, a lot of it is is as you go because not one instance is directly the same as the previous ones that you've had.
0: So this brings me to another subject in in the same area, though. We- and and you know some of these people, I'm not going to mention names, but there's a lot of people out there that are uh, offering training classes, I guess, through the Internet. And then as soon as individuals are done with this training, uh, they're jumping into trying to help families and, and things like that without the mentorship because there's basically nobody to mentor them. Um, I know a few instances where, and these people are good people and they want to help, but they've they've went through correspondence courses and then they jumped right into believing that they are the new, you know, they're able to exercise whatever they need to um, when, when a spirit shows up, but they really don't know what they're doing, I guess is what I said. So as far as, what do you suggest to those people as far as mentorship when there's not really mentorship around here to, I mean, is it just, they just need to go for it or do they need to try other things before they do that? Well, if they're convinced that they, it's, if they're convinced that they want to be demonologists
1: and actually go up against demons, uh they out absolutely, absolutely need to have some sort of outlet to be able to communicate with. If they don't have a mentor that can have next to the side, they have to have somebody that's clergy to be able to at least speak with about each and every case and how it's coming along and what to do. Otherwise, I strongly advise against it. I mean, this is. There's just too many ways that it, it can draw you in, uh, and, and again, it's trickery and lies, but uh, it's just too many ways that they, these things can draw you in and do harm to you and your family. I just, I just, I just, I know the training courses are out there. I know who you're talking about. There's, there's more than what you probably realize.
0: Well, I knew um, you did. And, I just didn't want to mention anybody, but I knew yeah. you did. Yeah.
1: I don't want to say anything bad about the courses because I haven't taken it. I don't know what they are. I, I'm assuming that there, there's going to be an awful lot of baseline Christianity um, in it, as far as uh, things from the Bible. I, I don't. I don't think that there's going to be too many hard seekers to to reveal on there. I, I guess I don't know. I don't now, know. Man. I don't know.
2: <laughs> would you agree, though, Tim? That According to the Bible, we're all ministers of Christ. If you have a strong enough faith in the Lord, then you can really combat anything. Or do you think you still need to have that outlet of you have to have a a bishop or a priest or somebody come in and, you know, and uh,
1: take care of something
2: if it is demonic?
1: So as a layman, I'm only supposed to perform simple exorcisms. So there's three different types of exorcisms. There's, just, you know, your basic, your simple, and your major. Basic is like a baptism. A baptism is an exorcism. Your simple exorcism is a place or object. Uh, I can perform simple exorcisms. I have performed a major, and yes, I got into trouble, but I was um, it stuck in a situation where it had to be take, taken care of right then and there. They understand. The bishop understands the reasons behind it, but um, I was still um, suspended, we'll say. So the reason for being is because these priests and bishops who perform exorcisms live a specific lifestyle that you and I cannot do you know before going into an exorcism you fast for three days uh, you know I will um, basic fast for three days for a simple exorcism but they'll'll they'll, they will only have uh, liquids for three days before a true major exorcism. Um, and they're constant, I mean, they've just created themselves into such a temple that they're almost impermeable. I could not live that lifestyle. I like women too much. I mean, there's just <laughs> no way I could, I, and I don't want to be, be too derogatory, but to me, the rock stars for being able to do it. So no, the answer is I cannot take on anything. And we're told this in the Bible. There's a particular instance in the Bible where um, I think it was Peter tried to exercise demons in Christ's name but they could not exercise that demon so they went and got Christ brought him there and says oh well this is a different type of demon you don't have the right type of faith and you need to exercise the demon so we're told we, we it's very difficult for us to have the complete faith to be able to exercise
0: every demon out there okay so let me like I said, we've only got, like, well, we only got four minutes left. I have to be specific on this now that we're on iHeart. But if I am new to this industry, and, and believe me, if I would go into a situation right now, I couldn't tell the difference in a demon and a regular spirit either. But for these people, and for me, and for people that are in the paranormal, you mentioned it before that you can tell the difference in an actual demon and an actual spirit. And a lot of people... Are assuming at this point that the spirits they're dealing with are demons sometimes, and you said, like you said, they're just mad spirits. Kind of give us a quick three minute or less synopsis on exactly what a demon is and how it reacts.
1: So a demon is bound by the the truth when commanded. The and again, you're commanding in the name of the Lord. A human spirit isn't necessarily. There's one indicator. Uh, Another indicator is um, when you're. Commanding these these spirits in um, doing it again with with the authority, you're you're asking it to reveal itself and to reveal certain things, and you ask it to reveal certain biblical traits, and you lure it in on being able to identify biblical passages, but then it will not be able to say Jesus. It will not be able to. Uh, Say they love Jesus, for instance. Uh, They will. Most of them won't even say Jesus. Period. I mean, any reference to Jesus, any reference to Mary, any reference to any of the holy saints, um, they struggle with. A human spirit will not struggle with that whatsoever. Of course, this is also by the time you've got them um, interacting with you. If you're not, they're not interacting with you through your uh, equipment, and they're not interacting with you through your psychic that you have. Um, but moreover, it's you laying the law um, and commanding the truth. Does that make
0: sense? Yep, it does. It is. All right, we got about a minute left here, Timothy. Tell, us that, tell everybody how to get a hold of you, partner, if they need to talk to you.
1: Well, they can go to the Ava International. Um, Order of Exorcists on Facebook, that's probably the best way, um, because I'm sure that you have people all over. Um, we have people all over, and I might not be the right one to help you, but there's somebody else there. So uh, I'll request to go in front of the Chief Exorcist, um, Archbishop Cloud, and uh, they'll find somebody who, who should be able to get what you need.
0: Hey, Timothy, I appreciate you being on tonight with us. Yeah, thanks, Tim. Well, I appreciate, appreciate yeah, no you concern. letting me ramble. Ramble wow, like an old man tonight. You did a great tonight. job. You did a great job. Yeah. You did a great job. Hey, folks, if you want to check out our website, KentuckyGhostHunter.com, you'll find out upcoming guests. Also, we are on Facebook. You can find us on the Kentucky Ghost Hunter Show, the Kentucky Ghost Hunter Group, and just the plain old page, Kentucky Ghost Hunter. So until next week, this is Dean, the Kentucky Ghost Hunter, with Kevin Quatman saying good night, and we'll see you next week, same time, same place, same channel.